it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. And this is episode 61, Life Uncovered, Sex, Intimacy, and Pleasure with Dr. Kimberly Pendleton. So Kim has been a client of ours for the past year, and she is so, so powerful. She is someone who has a beautiful story of getting divorced at age 23 and going on a journey to uncover what it really looked like to experience pleasure in her life and in her relationships. I love this conversation with Kim because it's so real, real and honest about the fact that we as women are not taught to trust ourselves, and we're not taught to truly know what it means to be intimate and to experience pleasure in our lives. So if you are interested in learning more about these topics and you feel that there is a lot more for you to uncover in your own life in terms of what brings you joy and creates those connections with you, yourself, and with your partners, then this episode is for you. Let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome, Kim. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So your work in the world is so, so powerful and needed. And I know that you have a really interesting story, interesting journey. There's a lot of things that have led you to this place. Can you take us back and talk a little bit about your journey before starting your business and what led you to today? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the really pivotal turning points for me came when I was in my early 20s. And I was still really active in a church that meant so much to me. I've always been religious and spiritual, but I had joined, um, you know, a little bit more of a conservative church as I had gotten older, I had gotten married pretty young. And I was having all of these health issues with my body, and I didn't know really what was going on. I would go to doctors, and they didn't really know. Everyone sort of thought, well, maybe you're just stressed, but we you know, couldn't ever find anything. People thought I might have endometriosis or some other kind of pelvic pain. But anyway, it was just super unclear. Um, and at the same time, I you know, was really going through a hard time in my marriage and like feeling totally not sure how to switch gears from this person who had been told, you know, especially around sex and intimacy, don't do it, don't do this, don't do that, shut everything off. And then suddenly I was married and it was supposed to be all okay. But I had no idea like what that meant or how to do that. And in the meantime, my body was shutting down and it just so happened to be that the person that I had married, um, which, you know, looking back, this seems so inevitable because we were so young, but we just weren't the right match. And so there was all this chaos kind of in my in my life. And it was manifesting in this way of me just not knowing really anything about what I wanted, how to be in touch with what I was feeling, let alone anything about my own pleasure. I wouldn't even have been able to say that word out loud without, you know, just turning total beet red. And I embarked on this journey to figure out more about 
women's sexuality, women's health, my own body, what I needed in relationships and love and what I needed for my own self-care and self-love. And in the meantime, you know, kind of like 10 years later, actually, (laughs) I um, became a women's studies professor and got trained to work with women on sexual assault and healing from trauma and all of the tools that I ended up compiling for my own healing and my own journey toward living a kind of more sensual, alive life that could still be spiritual, but was also, you know, rooted and grounded in having a body and having, knowing what felt good and knowing what you wanted and relationships. I just realized like there needs to be an easier way for everyone else to get this. They don't need it to take so long or to be so expensive. Um, And I created the Uncovered Woman, which is my business and Uncover in particular, my um, sort of signature program to really lead women, no matter where they are in their relationships, whether they're recovering from trauma or they're just trying to figure out how to connect more with their partners, um, to just sort of give them everything that I ended up finding. And for me, you know, it changed everything. And I've seen that really happen for my clients too, where they just feel like they can breathe again. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I totally relate to to what it is that you're sharing because I grew up in the Catholic church specifically, mm-hmm. and it was very much um, taught for the, you know, the same thing for us that you shouldn't have sex before you're married and, you know, be careful with all of that. And it should only be between husband and wife and all these rules. But I know that sometimes people end up getting married very quickly because, like that's kind of the only way to be able to be intimate and that's what's expected and you don't necessarily marry the right person. So take us back. How old were you when you got married? I was 22. Gotcha. And, you know, like you said, looking back, it wasn't the right person. Do you feel that there was anything within you that knew that to be true during that time when you were making that decision or no? That is such a good question. You know, I think immediately in the aftermath, I would have said, no, no, I had no idea. But the truth is looking back, I see so many moments where if I had really listened to my inner voice, I would have known immediately, like turn back, (laughs) you know, this is not the right direction. I was having dreams about not going through with the wedding. I was having all kinds of conversations in my head about it. And I would always talk myself out of it because I really hadn't learned to trust myself at all. And I don't think I would have even understood that intuitively I had an inner wisdom that could guide me. I was always looking to outside guidance. And really, I mean, not to blame everything on religion. You know, I think there's so many beautiful things about religion, but that was what we were trained to do, to not listen to yourself, to seek, you know, instead kind of like this higher direction from God. And it's like, oh, okay. In between now and then I realized like God can actually speak through your inner voice and you still need to learn how to hear her and trust that. And looking back, if I had done that, I think I would have recognized like, oh, this person is my best friend 
it's not necessarily my person who I'm meant to be with romantically. I didn't even really know what that meant. Thank you for articulating that so eloquently. And and I agree. I want everyone listening to really understand this is not about bashing any religions, but I think it's exactly what you described here. We're taught to look for guidance outside of ourselves. And we forget that the universe, God, spirit is working through us, through our own intuition, through our own belief system and what comes up for us that's literally, you know, coming in the form of a dream or just a whisper or that feeling, whether it's moving to another country, pursuing a certain career path, or, you know, being in or out of a relationship, all of that can come through us. And I don't think that we are actually taught, at least not well, to trust ourselves and trust our intuition growing up, um, regardless of whether that pertains to sex or anything else. You're so right. And it's one of the biggest things that I think we, anyone actually who works with women, but especially, you know, both of us and our businesses have to like really focus on is helping that voice get louder and louder, you know, so that it really is able to be heard amongst all of the noise and all the advice and all the rules that especially women are taught to play um, and men too, actually. There are just so many layers to what it feels like you're expected to do. And the truth is like that inner wisdom is trying to guide you to something extraordinary and it might not look like what everybody else is doing. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's so important that we teach trust to younger women. We also teach um, what it means to to be intimate with someone and not shame ourselves for wanting to be intimate. And I believe, of course, it's important to choose wisely in terms of who you sleep with and not just be, you know, throwing yourself around or anything, but, <laughs> and of course to be safe. But at the same time, when you're taught for your entire teenage, um, that tan, that span of that, t- that teenage period to not, engage in any of that behavior and that there's something wrong with it when you actually do get into a marriage or into a long-term relationship and that's meant to be a part of the experience, it's very difficult to navigate. And I know for me, I had the same experience where I didn't know how to experience sex without it being made to be dirty because for so many years, it was like this thing that you not only didn't talk about, but you definitely didn't engage in. And then to make the flip and think about it in an entirely different way, that was, that was just so confusing. Did you have the same experience? Absolutely. And I hear it from so many women, even women who didn't grow up in a really particularly strict household we're surrounded by that messaging in our culture anyway. And so, you know, what I like to say is like, even if you don't really buy into it, it's hard to tell how much has already bought its way into you. This sense that, you know, be sexy, but don't have sex, be appealing, but like, don't talk about it. And you're definitely not supposed to be doing this, but you know, it's just, it's so confusing. And so, 
I experienced that where it was like, well, suddenly this flip is meant to be switched. I have no idea how to do that. No one's ever talked to me about my own pleasure or how that could even factor in to what we're doing here. And even my clients who are happily married, you know, they didn't pick the wrong person, but they still don't just suddenly know how to unleash their like inner sex goddess after years and years of being told like, this is dangerous and this makes you dirty and really cementing in that messaging that you lose your value if you engage in this, let alone think about your pleasure. That is so hardwired and it takes some real, you know, deconditioning um, and a community usually to help you think it through in order to be able to replace that with some much more empowering patterns. Luckily, they're out there. It's just, it's so much work. We could save everyone a lot of time if we just started teaching younger women this earlier. Yeah, this is so great. Thank you for bringing this to the table. And I definitely want to ask you a little bit more about how you help people to create new patterns and new ways of thinking. But I'm curious for you, when you were in that marriage and you realized, or, or let me ask a different question, when was it that you realized, hey, I'm married to the wrong person? Yeah, this is actually such an unexpected story. Um, I don't even know if my ex-husband truly knows this. Maybe he'll listen to this and have more insight about what happened. But, you know, I was in in and out of the hospital, going to different doctors, trying to figure out what these kind of like shooting pains were in my system. And at the same time, I, you know, I had no idea about the world of coaching really. Um, and at the same time, I sort of stumbled upon a woman who works with people around eating and emotional eating and weight loss. And I wasn't really, she, oh, and she specialized in weight loss for brides. And I was not a bride and not trying to lose weight. But the way that she talked about engaging with your body was all about like asking your weight in a way and asking your desire to maybe emotionally eat, like what is really going on here? And it was all about listening to your body and viewing everything as like a sign that it's trying to tell you something. It's trying to say something is wrong here. And I somehow recognized that I needed to be doing this about the pain and I needed to be treating it as data that was trying to tell me something was wrong. And of course, I thought the something that might be wrong was that like, you know, maybe I had cervical cancer or something. I was looking for like a concrete issue. And then what ended up happening when I started listening more and more to my body is that I realized like, oh, it's this box I've put myself in. And it wasn't just the relationship, but that was a big part of it. It was like, I am trying to squeeze myself into this tiny little life and I just don't fit. And my body is trying to tell me like, get out of here. And it was so hard to realize that. And then of course it got so much easier once I embraced it and broke free. And I, really worried. Like, I don't, am I going to regret this? I exploded my whole life and it's been amazing. You know, I really have only felt more and more free as more time has gone on. And slowly 
so many of the, especially women that were in my life at that time who were totally blindsided by this, you know, why is Kim just like leaving right now? Um, have really said they've been following me. They've come to really appreciate my work. And some have even signed up for uncover because they've realized that like we were all swimming in that same sea and all of us needed, um, guidance. So that's been really gratifying. I didn't really expect that, but I, I felt like the universe was giving it to me as like a cheering on that, like you're on the right path. Like people need this. And when you made the decision and you figured out that your body was trying to give you the message of get out, essentially, how quickly did you have that conversation with your husband? Oh, it didn't go great. You know, I look back and think like there's so many things I would do differently now. I really blamed him and I like didn't know how to articulate it this way. And I, you know, I thought maybe it was about finding someone else. And I, you know, I'm just not happy. Like I got to get out of here. Sometimes I think of it as the equivalent to setting the entire house on fire when I to jump <laughs> out the window and I could have just like walked out the door, like the door was unlocked. And it's so funny. I mean, and I'm, and I can look back and be like, you were 23. You didn't know really what you were doing. You didn't have a decade of tools yet. Um, but, but there is a sadness there where I think that kind of back to what we were saying about listening to that inner voice. Like if I, if I had trusted her a little more, it would have still been painful. Um, but I think I could have handled that with a little more grace. And we, he and I might've been able to see it as like an evolution together rather than just me being like, I'm out of here. Um, but it did happen quickly. You know, once I knew I felt like there was no going back. And I remember sitting in my therapist's office and saying like, I can't unknow what I know now that like none of this was right for me. And I I'm like meant to go find something else. And I didn't know what that was. You know, I wish that I could have had a little preview of like 10 years later, you'll have this amazing life, an amazing partnership, this business that makes so much sense. But at the time, I just thought like, I don't know, but it has to be better than this. Yeah, again, I, I really can resonate with what you're saying, because I felt the same way about London. And no one could give me any indication that this was actually going to work out. But it was my gut instinct, and I couldn't not go. And it sounds like you knew you couldn't not you know, not, not do this. You have, you exactly. can't be in this relationship anymore. Mm, yeah. I so relate to the things you've shared too, about being like, I don't even know why I'm turning this car around right now. Right. I just have to. Exactly. And so when you told your partner, obviously, like you said, there was, there was a lot of emotion there. What about your family? You've already mentioned your friends, but what about your family? Like your parents in particular, how did they take the news? Yeah, that is such a good question. You know, it was hard for me to admit this at the time. Um, and still, I feel a little t tinge of something, but they were not surprised. I actually think that they had watched this all unfold and they knew that they couldn't quite tell me what to do. 
they sort of tried. I didn't quite listen, but there were some conversations, you know, I look back and think like, oh, you really were sharing insights there. But um, I think once I really got clear myself, they recognized what was true in that, especially about the relationship. You know, I think there have been times over the course of the evolution of my business that they've been curious, maybe bordering on nervous about it because it's, you know, doesn't feel as safe as a different path necessarily. But even that at this point, I think they see this is such a tremendous need in the world. Like you took a roundabout way to get here, but this actually is making sense. But, you know, I hated to admit that they might know me better than I even Mm -hmm. knew myself at the time. And I don't think I would have really admitted uh, until more recently that like, I don't think they were surprised. And I think they were happy I was finally figuring it out. Right. So what was the next step in terms of figuring it out? Because you mentioned that that was about a decade ago. And so, so much has happened. You got this amazing degree. You started doing this work. You started the business. So what was your first step once you left the marriage towards the life you have now? Yeah, I love that. And it's so helpful for me to remember too, that there were these baby steps. Um, But one thing that really struck me is that I... I felt like I sort of finally looked up as if I had had my head down, just watching my feet in front of me for years. And then I looked up and looked around and recognized kind of like the life I was in. And I I live in Washington, D.C. And that period of time, I remember moving into my own apartment decorating it with things I found at the thrift store and going to the free museums in DC for the first time. I had been here for years and I was like discovering art all over again. I was in my PhD program already. And so I would take the books I had to read for my comprehensive exams and go read them in front of like the Degas little dancer sculpture. And it was such an interesting process. Part of my process was really rediscovering that life could have these beautiful, inspiring moments and that having access to beauty and to pleasure didn't make me a bad person, which was wiring that I had really cemented in from church. I don't think they were trying to tell me that, but that was the message I got that like, if you enjoy things too much, you know, that's sinful and dangerous. And so I really embarked on almost like a sensuality boot camp for my life. And it wasn't just about sex. It was actually more about kind of all these other things. Like what did it feel like to slow down and really notice to buy myself flowers, to go get my hair done and to sort of feel the beauty of life again. I had been so focused on how to be of service. I was working on a dissertation about sex trafficking and I was really committed to like, you know, justice and service and helping. And I had really lost sight of, you know, what is on the other side? Like, what is the magic of life that we're trying to rescue everyone into? You know, what's the point of all of this? And I think that. 
I ended up giving myself permission to really enjoy things again. Um, it's funny because, you know, getting divorced is not, I don't think normally a really beautiful experience for people, but for me, it really was, I was rediscovering pleasure and weaving it into the bigger purpose work. You know, I started to see them as going together rather than being like one or the other. And when you say rediscovering, do you feel like you had discovered pleasure as a young child or at any other point in your life? Or were you actually discovering it for the first time? Oh, what a good question. You know, there are things about it that felt like remembering where I was like, oh, as a kid, I loved to paint. I love to read poetry. Like, okay, I'm like kind of getting back into some things about me that had gone up on the shelf. But I think you're right that there really was a deeper dimension that was new. And that part took a little bit longer to really fully come out where I was, you know, especially when it came to sexuality and sort of rewriting some rules around whether or not. I got to have it, you know, did I get to have an epic love and did I get to experience, you know, deep romance? I think that I had told myself a story, even while I was married, that that was just for other people, that some women got lucky and got to have it. And I just, you know, I wasn't one, I would have this other, this other kind of life. And so there was some work there around writing a completely new story of like, I get to have this too. I'm going to dream bigger for myself. Mm, Beautiful. And so you were able to explore Washington, D.C. and focus on the things that brought you pleasure. Um, You mentioned you were already doing your dissertation. So how did your career start to evolve? Yeah, I really struggled. I I sometimes think it's a miracle that I finished my PhD. A lot of people, for so many reasons, you know, don't don't finish. And I look back and think, like, wow, it would have been so easy at so many different points for me to walk away. But I did feel like part of what I was trying to figure out had to do with using these tools from feminist theory and from the history of women's studies that are relatively new, um, but build on kind of like deeper underpinnings that are older. And I, I loved learning more about it, learning more about the way we've thought about sexuality and gender and power. And then at the same time, I started to feel like I didn't want my work to be locked away in the ivory tower. And I loved teaching my students, but I also was so aware that this is really hard to access. You know, like if you're not going to pay, you know, $200,000 to be an undergraduate at this institution, like you're not going to be able to be in my classroom and experience this. And I, I started to feel really hungry for something else so that this could reach more people. And I thought about all the women that I had known, especially my friends at church and thinking like, they're not going back to college and enrolling in a women's studies class. Like what could I create that would actually be accessible to someone else? And that was when I decided to go much more, you know, 
deeply and with a lot more conviction and commitment into becoming the kind of coach that I am now where it's blended and I've got all of these amazing kind of academic tools, but they're, they're blended in with the more holistic coaching and tantric tools and sexual healing practices that I ended up gathering kind of along the way, doing different things for myself and then some coaching training, thinking like, okay, what I really needed back then is all of this mixed together in a process that someone else has outlined for me. And since I didn't have that, it felt like, I guess I meant to create it. That's so beautiful. And that's one of the reasons I love to talk to our guests here on the I Heart My Life show about their backstory, because especially for those of us who are coaches and consultants, we often create the thing that we wish we had, or we become the coach that we wish we had known back then. And I see that so often, you know, time and time again. And and people also need to recognize that regardless of whether you just started or you're 10 years in or 20 years in, we all have previous chapters to our lives that can we can bring into the current company that we create and use to our benefit and to our clients' benefit. And it's not like it's one or the other, which is why I love your work so much. It's a fusion of so many different chapters of your life, your expertise, and it's it's just so powerful that way. I so agree. And I feel like I struggled at the beginning when I was looking around and seeing other coaches. And I was telling myself a story that I needed to be exactly like what I was seeing. And so I didn't always talk about my background. And I was terrified sometimes that clients would find out that I had had this messy past or, you know, I sort of felt like, well, maybe my background in teaching is not relevant or just kind of would downplay things to try to emulate what I was admiring in others until I realized like that's actually where the magic is. The unique part of what I can offer is all of those experiences. And I know that that's so true for everybody that we've experienced what we've gone through for a reason so that we can put it together in service of all of our clients and in service of the world. And have you personally experienced sexual assault? I have actually, I'm also a survivor of assault. And at first that was another element of something that it's not that I was afraid people would find out, but I, I remember feeling like, I don't want to, I don't want to lead with that. And then I had a shift really recently, actually, just in the last few years where I thought, why should I be hiding this? I'm not the one that should be ashamed. And it was so interesting to realize that even with all of my training and all of my tools, I had bought into that lie that so many survivors of sexual assault end up feeling that there was something that they should have done differently. And I think one Thing that helped usher in that courage for me to share more openly about it is the Me Too movement and the tide turning in our culture where it just became so much more widely acknowledged that this is a huge problem that affects everybody, whether they're direct 
victims and survivors, or whether it's just somebody they know, somebody they love, situations that have left them feeling scared. And it started to make it feel much more urgent that we do this work of empowering women around sexuality and having conversations with everybody about, you know, what they really desire and also what feels safe to them, um, as well as addressing those larger structural issues. Any power dynamics that make women vulnerable are also part of it. And that's really where I think some of those more feminist theory tools can be helpful combined with the interpersonal work, you know, you start to feel like, oh, I'm not crazy. This is part of a larger set of things. I'm not the only one going through this. It's actually so many of us. And while that can be a little overwhelming and a little disheartening, it can also be galvanizing. Like we're in this together and it's time to create a new normal. So well put. I love that. And one of the things that your story brings to mind for me is Elizabeth Gilbert and Eat, Pray, Love and her whole experience with leaving her marriage. And I think so often we're also quick to judge and we don't try to understand other people's perspective, especially us as women. We judge one another for our life choices. We judge one another for the desires that we have. We judge one another for seeking pleasure. And I think it's so important that people hear your story and really understand um, how you actually felt in those moments. And the work that you're doing now is an example of what's possible when you decide to say yes with to what you know you're being called to do instead of staying in that same place that might feel comfortable or might feel um, like it's what you're supposed to do. And so many people do stay there for fear of judgment, for fear of getting it wrong, for lack of trust in themselves. And so I really just want to overall just champion you for being so brave and having the ability to follow your heart and continue to move forward and and do this work because it's so needed in in many different ways. Uh, I so appreciate that. And I really agree with everything you're saying and also the way that you're connecting all the dots, you know, that it's like, we can think that our desires, our jealousy, our judgment, the world at large and our relationships are sort of like all these separate buckets. And the reality is this stuff is also interconnected. And once you start doing that work of uncovering your own truth, what you need, what you desire, it starts to untangle all the different ways that you've been showing up, including the judgment of other women, which I think is huge. And you get to start releasing that in order to really have a world where everybody gets to do what they are meant to do. Yeah. And I think your work is so much about love and acceptance. And I know Elizabeth Gilbert has talked about this before, where there were people who would write to her and just say, you know, you should have just stayed in your marriage. You didn't even try. You just gave Mm -hmm. up. Like, how dare you? And Mm -hmm. how did you have the opportunity to leave? And I don't. And you just picked up and traveled the world. And that's not fair. And, you know, there's so many different voices that we hear when we make different life choices than what we what we expected or what other people expect from us. So, I'm just super excited about your work, Kim. You know that I've told you that before. And um, for other people getting to hear on this on this episode today, I know it's so powerful for them as well. 
Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me here. And also thank you for just being one of the biggest supporters of this. I honestly think a big lesson that has been so true for me is that none of us are meant to do our big work in the world alone. And I'm just so grateful that I don't have to do it alone, that I get to do it being supported by you and James and just having the spaces that you create in order for all of this to really truly come out. Oh, it's our pleasure. And I want people to really understand the work that you do now. So can you describe a little bit about your programs and the different offerings that you that you have out there in the world? Absolutely. So my signature program is a 10-week course called Uncover. And it will start on Valentine's Day. um, And I run it twice a year. And it comes with live group coaching with me. So what I typically find is that women join and go through it sometimes at their own pace, sometimes like, quote, on the schedule. But that tuning into those group calls is really powerful because you see you know, this community of women who are all on the journey with you, even though we're all coming from different places. And once you join, you're in for life because this is just not a linear process. So that is sort of the backbone of my work. And then for women- And what do you cover in that work? Yes, thank you. I am not always good about getting specific, but we really (laughs) go through the deep processes of- healing from traumatic sexual experiences in the past, including heartbreak and divorce, or even just feeling unworthy, but also getting into the actual practical tools that people can use to help themselves if they are experiencing pain or resistance or any kind of negative feelings about sex, whether that comes from assault or from their conditioning or anything else. Um, And then we move into a lot of tools for self-love and confidence, whether you are in a relationship or not. It really just lays this foundation of feeling like, I am uncovering who I truly am and what I truly want. And then there are tools for connecting and taking things to the next level in our love lives, whether that's someone we're calling in or someone we're currently with. And it really becomes this like three-part process of the inner healing on that kind of physical level, the inner healing on the emotional level, and then this outer connection work so that by the end of it, you are armed with all of these tools. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you never have an issue ever again, but when things come up, you know exactly what to do and you know how to take care of yourself in it. And there are you know, the videos and workbooks that you can always go back to, to go deeper again when you're ready. So it's really just an amazing process. I love that. Awesome. And then you have your teacher training. Yes. So this is the new um, exciting dimension to this work is that 
I've had so many people have such a good experience going through Uncover that I realized like I also wanted them to be able to teach that process themselves, whether that looked like weaving it into their work, whether they're coaches or working with students or, you know, doing something else um, or whether they were completely new to this, but they just loved it and wanted more people to be able to access it. So I have an Uncover teacher training that is a year-long process where I teach you basically from that guide and teacher's perspective, like the other side of all of these tools. So it starts with your own healing and your own kind of freedom. Uh, That's like the first third. And then we move into how to work with people about these sort of delicate, sensitive topics. And then the the final piece is really like, what is this meant to be for you? How do we launch this into either your own business or your own work or a curriculum that you could use? Um, And I work one-on-one with everyone in there to really create the right thing for them uh, to use this work to get to as many people as, as we can. Beautiful. Thank you so much for describing that. And how has our work together been instrumental in you growing your company and your vision? I know a lot of people are often curious about what it's like to look to, to work with James or with me or the company. Could you share a little bit more? Absolutely. Yeah. I, cannot overemphasize (laughs) or overstate the impact that being in programs with James and Emily has had on my business. I mean, really, this has been the incubator in which like, I really think that both uncover as a process and me as a coach and as a leader and like space holder we're able to take shape. And I think that one of the most concrete ways is that there is just such a wealth of information and um, just these like incredible resources from the sort of work that you guys have been doing for so long and all the different powerful women that you have empowered to do their own work and, you know, not making anyone follow any formula or stick to the same script, you know, really allowing us all to find like what is meant to come through for us. And then at the same time, you know, we have access to all of these incredible resources that you've put together. So I would go through, you know, all the programs and go through all the resource banks and realize like, oh, I could be doing this better. I could be applying this formula and this is how I want to tweak this to make this more my own. But now that I've seen, you know, even something as simple as the evolution of your own coaching packages, Emily inspired me to think like, oh, I could be adding this or that I could be changing this. I could be raising my prices and that kind of encouragement that like this can be done. And not only that, but it's of high service to the world that more women step up and really let their hearts and their desires and their power like take center stage has meant that it's felt possible for me. And I think it really transformed me from 
you know, like a coach who is doing good work to a thought leader in this area, you know, and someone who could really speak with authority about what's needed in the world. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with serving a small number of clients with a lot of depth and devotion. But I also think I was able to really grow into someone who can change the culture, not just, you know, work a little bit here and there to make it better in this small area. So beautiful. And I know that in particular, you doubled your income this year and you've hit record-breaking months, over $50,000 in one month. Could that girl 10 years ago have seen all of this that you have now? Could she have seen that or predicted it? There's no way. There's no way. And even one year ago, I mean, I... I signed up for Scale Up Accelerator thinking like, I don't have any idea why this feels like such a clear yes. But after all this work, you know, I had learned to listen to that inner voice and she was (laughs) adamant that this was meant to happen. And even then, if you had told me now that by the end of 2019, I was going to be in this place where even the thought that your income could double in a field where, you know, the common wisdom is that things are unpredictable and slow and no one buys in December and all kinds of, you know, stories that we get told. Just to think instead that when you're surrounded by people who really look for possibility, who push you to be your best and who don't let you settle for your own bullshit, if I'm allowed to say that, um, that you can do anything. You can do anything. And I, I've just been so grateful that I had the, you know, intuition and that you had created the space so that I could really get myself where I needed to be. And we could be doing this kind of work together. Oh, it's just an honor. And you are a complete dream client. I'm sure everyone can imagine that because you show up, you do the work and not everyone does. And not everyone has the trust in themselves to follow the vision and what they're being called to do. And the truth is, is I truly see your empire in my mind. I know that this is literally, you've done so well this year, but this is truly just the start. And I'm just so grateful and proud of you that you had the strength to know that you needed to listen to your body and your body was literally telling you, you needed to get out. And that's one of the things that I'm so grateful that you're teaching women everywhere. is just this, this ability to trust your own intuition, because that's where all the good stuff is for lack of a better phrase. Like that's truly where you can discover your purpose, what your next step is, who you're being called to work with, who you're being called to be in relationship with, what that thought leadership actually looks like. It's all right there within. And so many people are just looking outside of themselves for the answers. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. So what's next for you, Kim? I Like I said, I see your empire in my mind. What are you excited about for 2020? Uh, yes, I'm so excited to be 
well in more and more depth with this work and hopefully welcoming more women in to uncover and empowering this first cohort of my teachers and coaches in the teacher training. Um, and then personally, you know, I'm excited to just keep growing myself to be in the mastermind with you to really connect even more at that high level where we're able to just be so honest and also so committed to the work we're doing. I think one thing I continually find is that when I'm surrounded by other entrepreneurs and other women in particular doing this incredible work, I rise to the occasion. So I'm always seeking out, you know, like that next space that's going to have those people who will push me to that level and who I can support too, as they rise to their next level. So I just can't wait. Love it. And I'm sure everyone listening is wondering, did you find love again, Kim? Oh, yes. Thank you for asking that. I know sometimes it's cheesy, but I always want to say like, I wish I could go back and tell that version of me who really thought she was giving up on love forever. She was like, well, I'm like turning away this thing, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And I want to just tell her like, you will be with the most amazing most incredible person. On one of our very first dates, my current partner took me on a trip to Spain and we were dancing on a rooftop of a hotel bar. And I remember sealing it in, in a moment and being like, okay, not only is it going to get better, it's going to get amazing. And I had no idea. I really couldn't even have believed it. So I'm not necessarily saying when you do uncover, you'll get romanced and flown off to Europe, but you might. I love it. Totally have goosebumps. That's amazing. And final question that we ask all of our guests here is, what is one way that the listeners can create a life better than their dreams? Mm, Yes, I love that. You know, this might sound so simple that it couldn't possibly make a difference. But my number one piece of advice in terms of where to start is really to just slow down one piece of your day. I like to have clients focus on something they're eating or maybe having a sip of coffee, but to really slow it all the way down and feel your pleasure. Try to get really in touch with it so that you can really notice what is it like when I'm experiencing something really good, something really delicious. And then of course, building on that more and more so that that becomes more of your day that you've just got moment by moment, a life that that feels really amazing and delicious that you've been building in these really small, slow steps. That's awesome. I love asking that question because honestly, every guest says something different, which I never envisioned. I thought, oh, we're going to get tons of repeats, but truly it's always different. That is so funny. Yeah. I can't wait to hear everybody else's too, because those small steps, you know, sometimes we can get overwhelmed thinking about like where we want to go. And it's actually so, it's so simple to take small steps that can really put us in the direction of our dreams. So true. 
Well, for everyone listening, I also want to let you know that Kim is going to be on our client panel at I Heart My Life Live. So if you're coming, you're going to be able to meet her in person and connect with her, which I know is going to be super exciting for everyone in the room. So Kim, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the work that you do in the world and how you continuously show up and and really support other women in living out their best life and being true to themselves and experiencing pleasure. I hope you loved today's episode. I truthfully could have talked to Kimberly probably all day. It was such a soulful conversation and I appreciate her honesty and willingness to share her story with all of you. So if you want to see Kimberly live and meet other like-minded driven women who are putting their stamp on the world, make sure you attend I Heart My Life Live. Get your ticket at iheartmylifelive.com and we'll see you in San Diego in January. Thank you for listening to the I Heart My Life show. For more inspiration, success tips, and ways to achieve your life and business goals, definitely follow me on Facebook and Instagram on I Heart My Life Now. See you next time.